As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. When your coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced, It's music to your ears. Shake up the way you wake up the King's Coast Coffee. Welcome to Star Wars and Scotch, episode 117. How are you, Tim? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? Good. How was your workout this morning? Uh, It was good. Today was shoulders and arms, so so biceps. Biceps and shoulders. I did back last night. Gross. (laughs) Hey, I have I, doing it at home. I have more time to do it, so I'm actually getting it done. I'm on like four to five days a week right now, which, as you know, is good for me. So, thumbs up. I'm giving a thumbs up for the audio listeners. Tim's just smirking at me, like, okay. Yeah, I'm just all right. I want to see what these at home <laughs> workouts look like. It's all. I'll send. I'll send you one of them. It's all from no, body no, fit. no. I don't want to see what you're doing. I want to see you do it. Oh, you want to come over and do one with want, me once? I want to see. I want to see your at-home workouts look like. Okay. All right. Well, I feel my back feels good this morning. So uh, yeah, you got wings. Yeah, you ready to fly? Let's see. I did. Here, 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 here. Is this what? Sorry, guys. We're not talking about Star Wars anymore. This is a full. You know, no, no. Yeah, we're just uh, I've been listening to other Star Wars podcasts. podcasts now. We need like we need like five minutes of personal banter at the beginning. That's one thing I've noticed we've missing. All right, we so, do do that. What are you talking about? That's what we're doing right now. That we do all the time is ridiculous. All right, so yesterday, so this is this is AMRAP workouts, meaning I have to do as many reps as possible in allotted amounts of time. Sometimes do they'll do. Am, there's no pull-ups in this. Um. So back yesterday was uh, Kingmaker dumbbell Romanian deadlifts. For warm up, and then King, Kingmaker dumbbell Romanian deadlift superset with broad jumps. So I had to do six sets at 20 seconds and do as many Kingmaker dumbbell Romanian deadlifts as I possibly can. So I was at like 10 or 12 broad jumps, uh, 30 seconds. Does um, jumping help your back? I think it's just cardio ah. for the superset to keep me sweating. Oh, I see. And then it was single arm bench dumbbell rows. So I had mm-hmm. to do an AMRAP set with the one arm, and then I had to do 12 solid reps slow. Mm. So 30 seconds of just as many reps as you can do, and then 12 solid reps very slow, holding like two seconds at the top and then like trying to count three, four down. Both arms, four sets. Okay. Bent over dumbbell, rear delt flies, AMRAP, 
five sets, 30 seconds each, and then incline dumbbell rows, six seconds, six sets, 20 seconds each, but it's a two second pause with a three, four second, uh, slow centric load lowering and then 15 minutes on the bike. Okay. That was 510 calories last night. I like doubling these up. So when I have the time I would do chest too, but I only had like an hour last night. So, but I did something. Okay. And what would have felt like, I don't want to leave the house and do this for an hour and then come back was like, all right, I can bang this out real quick and then go to bed. Yeah. Trying to get his ass up to go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning is ridiculous. I'm still up at five. Like I'm, I was up at five 30 watching bad batch this morning. It's just like, it's right. that extra hour is like, I can't explain it to you. It just does something for me. So I watch bad batch on the Stairmaster. So I want to put a TV in there. Cause then I can do the workout while I'm watching bad batch. So mm. That's my goal. See, I feel like I would get distracted. I probably would, but for a show like Bad Batch, I feel like I could watch and work out. Like Mandalorian, I wouldn't do that because I'm going to want to sit and soak it in. So, but Bad Batch. You, you also know. listen You also listen to audiobooks while you work out. So, like, you're, th- you're weird. I have three minutes of Battle for Jedi. I, don't, <laughs> I, I three actually minutes. Really, I really like Battle for Jedi. It's really good. I like the way that it's just a full. It's a full show. Like it's just an audio show. It's really good. I like those better than the other audiobooks. The only thing I don't like is when they put the uh, they put the voices in the different channels, and it bothers uh, me because it doesn't sound like it's not balanced audio. So it's just like one person's talking and just like left audio, and it's just like this is really annoying because I'm only hearing it in my one ear. Like there's no echo or anything, and it's like one person will be here, one person will be on your right side. And then like all the sounds coming from center and just like, I'm, I'm a stickler for audio. So like I was gonna say, you're an audio file. That's why Yeah, that bugs the shit out of me. Other than that, I think in the car, it would probably sound really cool. But in headphones, it just especially when the, the sound canceling I have is turned on is just is weird. But other than that, it's like my only thing that I don't like about a fully casted show for like an audible like book is is just that it's just like the way that they try to keep everybody's audio separate so you can follow along like i get why they do it it's just it's weird awkward listening experience yeah well i mean i like it i i I would prefer that than and again i'm not knocking mark i love mark's books but some of the other folks who read the audiobooks can be snoozers yeah so and it's no offense to them it's just how i feel um, so I prefer this cause it feels like I'm constantly engaged. It feels like they do more sound effects and oh, they do. Like that in yeah. It. It's a full on show. So, but I literally pulled into the parking lot here and I have three freaking minutes left in this book. And all I want to do is, is you should have finished it. it. No, it's fine. You didn't finish it yet. So we can't even fully talk. Yeah, about it. But I, it is a good book. I have hours. You have minutes. It's very yeah, different. It's a good, I, cause I killed it when I, I drove to Orlando last week for pod fest. So that was like, three hours of killing it. it's only a five and a half hour book yeah um so highly recommend battle for jetta you got to read um what was the last one convergence convergence before battle for jetta though convergence you'll be is very completely good. lost as the, the political framework of what's happening in that book plus Gella's in this one too so she's like the one crossover character ah anyway uh before we go any further i would like to say thank you so much to all of you who bought uh our our barrel aged heartbreak heartbreak reserve this year at king's coast um it was uh, it was a banger of an on sale so thank you uh i hope that you and your lovers enjoy the uh, did you watch the skit i sent it to you no oh my god i can send it to you again until you watch it 
Well, I hope all of you lavas out there enjoy your heartbreak reserve. Uh, uh, but uh, there's already stuff on the horizon. Wayne was talking to me on Monday about the next um, uh, uh, thing. Also, if you're in the Tampa area and you like ice cream, you should go check out Bright Out Bright Ice. They're also in in St. Pete. Uh, Tim's wife Amy met the owner at the gym, and we got all hooked up and. And uh, I met with them, and they're now serving King's Coast Espresso as their espresso blend. Well, they placed the order. I don't know if it's in the chain yet, but it will be soon. So their espresso ice cream is now King, it will be King's Coast, and then also they'll be serving the coffee in the shop. So they have a location in St. Pete. I want to say Largo. I could be lying. Tampa, and then they're opening a new location, I believe, in Venice. So Bright yeah, Ice Ice Cream. Their Tampa location is right by the aquarium. So if you are familiar with No, downtown. it's right by the convention center. I thought it was by the aquarium. It's literally across okay, the street so from the convention. You know the so Marriott? It's, it's the across aquarium. the street. You know the Marriott? Yes. So it's in the Marriott building, literally. Oh, it's not I, thought in they the, were on, I thought they were on that new strip of buildings that's right by the aquarium where we had tacos. No, if you walk across the street, if you're going to the bridge to go to like Davis Island where the Embassy Suites Hotel was, mm -hmm. if you walk across that bridge, it's the first door on your left, on your right well, is you Bright Eyes. So if you're in downtown Tampa, go get some ice cream. <clears throat> so, yeah. Check that, check them out. But yeah, kingscoastcoffee.com. Um, uh, there's already stuff coming down the pipeline for the next few months. Um, and you want to know something that was crazy about Heartbreak Reserve, Tim, is a ton of people came into the store. So the Long Island Locos came in for the on sale to buy the Heartbreak Reserve, which was really yeah. cool. So thank you to our Long Island um, uh, customers. Anything going on at Lab? Got We got some machines coming in. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, my house is going to look like a sweatshop. <laughs> like I just watched that episode of Sunny where Frank <laughs> starts the sweatshop in the basement of the, the bar. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have Amy's Eastern little... European women sewing, and <laughs> no, it's just gonna be my wife. <laughs> Poor it's my, it's my wife. But yeah, um, yeah, we got some. We so, got a, we got uh, a cool new machine coming out. So I mean, April 29th will be here before you know it, and I hear that. Yeah, a big day. no, we're already we're already working on some stuff. It's crazy, Kevin. Speaking <laughs> of that, like uh, five years on Facebook today. Cool. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Today's my fifth anniversary of going live on Facebook. So it's been five Holy years, Kevin. Holy <laughs> cow. You having a party today? No. All right, I'm going to go hang out and stir some shit in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at it and I was like, I was like, holy crap. Cause it was like a, it was, it was a Wednesday. So it was, is either today or no, yeah, it was today. Yeah. Cause it happened on a Wednesday. Cause then I drove over. Yeah, after I drove over after my live stream after yep, I got yep. banned on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> what a great conversation that was! And what the funny uh, part was is you knew, but the, everyone else didn't know that I was like in heavy negotiations with Mixer by that point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so then a you went over like, Mixer like right after a month and a half later, March. I think it was March seventeenth or something. Yeah, because yeah. you were at the zoo the week before when I was screaming at them about the contract. Mm, oh, that's right. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that. God, we're so old, Kevin. <laughs> I that Tim and I didn't know each other too well. We were just becoming good friends, and I was in like heavy contract negotiation mode. And we were at it wasn't the zoo; it was Bush Gardens. We were at the we were at Bush Gardens. We were at the we were at the cheetah the cheetah train or whatever. And, and I walked Kevin's, away. Kevin's and they hear me. Pacing. They hear me. They hear me getting loud and pacing about. So <laughs> good times. Wow, five years, man. That's yeah. crazy. And then what? How many years streaming total? Ten. Nine. Not nine this month. I don't remember my first live stream on, on Twitch, but it was February. That's insane. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was it was it was uh, Titanfall beta. So whatever that was, <laughs> Titanfall one for for chat. And Ben's um, tenure was was last week. February. Okay, so February fifteenth was uh, was when the beta dropped. So yeah, so right around right around Valentine's Day. And Ben's tenure anniversary mm-hmm. was last last week. Wow, we're, we're old, getting Kevin. old, old, mm-hmm. old, 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 old. All right. Well, stay tuned to Lab Seventy Seven. Like I said, April there will definitely be some good stuff for you to check out. So uh, make sure you're uh, following Lab Seventy Seven across the board. Uh, what else we got? GCXEvent.com. GCX is shaping up. We're gonna have announcements start pouring out next month. Uh, one person in, in Discord yesterday was like, "When are we changing the logo to the new logo?" So we're gonna switch the logo over for you. Everything's gonna be updated, uh, and we are uh, we're expecting a pretty pretty crazy turnout this year. So uh, GZXEvent.com/tickets. Make sure you get your tickets. You can see Tim. You can see Doctor Lupo. You might be able to play some really cool games. You might be able to play some games that the community already loves to play and get to play maybe a new game mode or something like. Who knows? Who knows? We got a new stage set up this year. We're not doing it the same way we've done it in the past. It's going to be, as my friend Aladdin would say, a whole new world. GCXevent.com slash tickets. You know how hard it is to not break into song when you say stuff like that? Yeah, it's kind of the point is to have someone at least hum it. I was ready for it. Um, All right. Was it a filler episode? (laughs) What do you think, Kevin? You know what, Kevin? You tell me. Was it a filler episode or not? I don't think I, I think part of it was the other part. Not so much. I mean, knowing what happened to the little little Wookiee Jedi. Um, uh, what's his name? Gungi. Gungi. I was like Gremlin. Gremlin. Um, Gung- Gary. <laughs> Gary. Gary. <laughs> We're gonna call him Gary from now on. So now we know that Gary is back on Kashyyyk. So that's cool. Sorry. Um, but like other than that, I mean, like we saw the Trandoshan, like bounty hunters that were there, like helping the empire, like clean up the Wookiees and run them up. And, well, were the Trandoshans helping the empire? Were the Trandoshans doing it because either they were a getting paid or b because they're the sworn enemies of the the Wookiees anyway? Yes, I mean because sure, they didn't dude. follow. They didn't. That guy wasn't following orders. Kevin, if someone like, hated you a lot and they were like, hey, you want to go over to the rare drop office and maybe just like kick Kevin? They'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll go over there. Maybe. I don't know. Ah, you're giving See people what ideas happens. now. I don't like that. But I mean, like, that's the same, like, that's the same idea. It's like the trade notions are like, hey, like, we know you hate the guy, the, the, the Wookiees. You want to just come over and help us? They're like, yes, I would love to. Yeah. So, so yes I, I, to both. Yeah. I don't know if they were getting paid because they weren't following orders. Like the stormtroopers were like, we have to call this into Imperial command. And he was like, not if I catch him first. Yeah. I think they were just uh, guns for hire. I think they were just, they were just, they were just there because they were, they were driving um, separatist tanks. They had like the, the separatist tanks that were there. They weren't Imperial tanks. Um, so it seems like they, like they brought in like their own weaponry and their own stuff. And the clones were just there as backup. The, the, fear that gungi had seeing the bad batch was pretty uh pretty intense and then the other thing too was in every other episode when the bad batch has to go off and do something else they always complain about how much it's going to cost or this that and the other thing they didn't even blink an eye to help gungi in this episode which does show you their character as as people Mm -hmm. um and even he said to the the chieftain yana he said um you know it's a child's 
like we had to, we didn't, we had to do it. So I think they were really just trying to show you that they are, you know, continually good people and they're trying to do right by uh, everyone in the galaxy. Um, I got really excited when I saw the spider webs because I was like, oh, those damn Kinrath spiders on Kashyyyk. I remembered them from KOTOR. And you always remember when we saw the big spider Mandalorian, it was like, it's Kinrath. And then they were like, it's not a Kinrath. I was like, ah, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, when I saw those spider webs, I was like, it better be. And then it said it in the subtitles. I was like, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I got one of the most annoying creatures in KOTOR uh, uh, back on, on, on the screen. And then, you know, the big thing was too, Tim, and I wasn't sure if, if you would think about this, but knowing what happens to Kashyyyk by Aftermath mm-hmm. and seeing where they're at now. So the Empire hasn't completely taken over the planet yet. By the time we get to Aftermath, it's like a slave colony, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Like if you yeah. we also we go, we get to see Kashyyyk a few times. Uh, we see like we're, we're in it now. And then if you go back and play Jedi Fallen Order, yep. you get to you get to go to Kashyyyk at, a, at another point uh, where like the the rebels are essentially trying to fight for Kashyyyk. We know that they, it, that they fall. They're not able to do it until Han Solo and Chewbacca come in aftermath and end up freeing all the Wookiees. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see, like, just the continuation of just, like, the overall just downfall of Kashyyyk and the Wookiees. It's, it's sad. very sad. Yeah, it's just, it it's really sad because, like, they just, they end up just getting turned into a, into a slave colony. Like, it's just a slave planet. Uh, they're using their and, and that's what the empire does is they enslave the locals and they make them harvest their planet's resources to zero and then yeah. they leave the planet and it's really sad yeah it, it and and that was the thing that was getting me this episode and that's why i felt like a little bit more i understand when you say a filler i get it i'm not arguing with you on that but this one had a little bit more substance than last week. oh most definitely a, because we know Gungi from, from Clone Wars, so it's yep. not like this unfamiliar character. Um, and we, be, we didn't know his fate. We don't. We have no idea what happened to this little guy. Uh, and he's still a kid. Like, that's yeah. the part that got me, was like, he's still a kid. So they're not, it's not like the Empire is differentiating and being like, oh, we're going after you. No, they're just killing him because they have a lightsaber in their hand and they know how to use the Force at this point or capturing mm-hmm. them and turn them into Inquisitors. So, you know, when, when the droids in the beginning, which by the, very cool to see like a droid um oh the vanguards were really neat i want to learn yeah. more about them so in in swotor there's a droid there's this thing called a droid rebellion it's one of the it's essentially a dungeon that you do mm-hmm. um and there's a planet that was completely taken over operated and run and there's a whole droid hierarchy going on on the planet oh, that's so sick. It felt, yeah it felt very similar to that but it was just cool to see it like they were operating on their own but they kept talking about the buyer and i can't help but think that the buyer might have been I don't want to say just the Empire generically, but the Inquisitory would be my guess. Would you agree with that? It's it's, uh, it's something. Yeah, I mean, it's something along those lines for sure. I mean, like, we know based off of Obi-Wan that they were collecting Jedi, right? You know, they were freezing them in the amber. And so, like, we know that they are harvesting them for some reason. And so we're getting really close to that, like, Obi-Wan timeline. To a certain degree, like we're starting to see the beginning of it, I would think. So, yeah, this might play into the Inquisitorial uh, division. This might play into Vader directly. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be silly to not think that that's where we're going with this. There's just like the one thing that I'm, I'm finding myself really frustrated with is that 
each episode gives a little nod towards the direction that we're going to, but most of the episode is just kind of made up with like all this other stuff going on. Yeah. And like the tone, the tone at the beginning of this episode was really dark and dramatic. And it made me feel like this was going to be a very important episode, just the way that it, it opened up. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we took a complete left turn and, and it was off to save the Wookiee and go back to Kashyyyk. So it was like, it was kind of weird. Like I was really hoping that we were going to sit more like with the Vanguard, you know, or like we were going to be like, we were going to learn more about that stuff or, you know, start to go down that rabbit hole. Um, and it's kind of like it's just another one of those like ancillary stories where it's just like, OK, you dropped Gary off at Kashyyyk and now that's done. And so it's just like all these like isolated stories, which is fun. But like, when do we get to when do we get to tie in the end of season two or se- the first season of Bad Batch into season two? You know, like there's just a lot of questions that I have. And I know we have what this is episode five, right? That was episode so- five. So we've got 11 episodes left of this, you know, to go through. So at some point we're going to hit, we're going to, we're going to hit a point and it's probably going to be the mid season episode where things shift. So I would say either next episode or the episode after is going to be when we start seeing, like we start getting uh rampart and we'll get crosshair and we'll see more of that stuff because that's kind of like how I felt like the end of season one kind of went is that like once we got on to like back to Kashyyyk and like hunting like everybody like that was like when those episodes were really, really good. Right. Yeah, I, I would say, do you remember covering Clone Wars final season with me? And, you know, we were introduced to the Bad Batch. We thought it was really cool. We're yep. like, All right. This is cool. And then we went to those two sisters and their story that were with Ahsoka and whatnot. And you and yep. me were like, okay, I don't, well, 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 and those sisters would show up in other content later, which was cool, but it didn't get going until those last masterpiece of final four episodes mm-hmm. where you and I were like, that's its own movie. Like it, because it, it was, it, yeah. Going off to that, Mandalore and seeing like the 501st and like all that stuff. That was, was its perfect. own movie. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that we're in a similar situation because this is Filoni's thing. And Filoni also made the final season of Clone Wars. So I think he just likes to establish, you know, parameters, bring in characters that maybe he wants to bring into the story later. So Gungi will probably be back in something um, and just explore a little bit. And he probably has to meet episode quotas and things like that to make an entire season. Or maybe it's maybe it's based on total time watched and things like that. So there is an algorithm to it. So I can't help but think that he has some sort of banger ass story coming to us at the end. And maybe he's just kind of fulfilling his obligation, but also fleshing out the universe further in the beginning. Yeah. I know that may be frustrating to some people, but I mean, he I'm, I'm kind of going along that route because mm-hmm. of what he did previously with the final sure. season of Clone Wars. I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah, that was that was my thought. Um, but I love the episode. I loved the um, like getting a little bit deeper into Wookiee culture. Not that we haven't, because video games have explored it. We've we've done it a little bit with with live action. Um, I was hoping to see like Chewie's dad, Tarfer, or something like that, but you know, it wasn't the episode for that. So um I love the whole Avatar thing though, or it's just like this was the planet of the trees and the trees are their allies and all that stuff. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's that's old Avatar-esque. Republic stuff though. That's mm-hmm. old Repu- like they've been saying that stuff for a while, and then you know, they had those big ass cat things. All the cats that were Avatar. really cool, dude. Like, um, it made me think of uh, Voltron. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> think of Voltron yeah. when I saw it because they were like different color cats that came over. I was like, oh, this is sick. So uh, even though my dream of of uh, Pandora becoming Kashyyyk is probably dead because of it's all the money that Avatar just, they just made. made over two billion dollars. Uh, I would just like to say that that in all honesty, like, look how easy it would be to switch it over. I'm just saying wouldn't it would be it's hard. not going to happen. Though. It wouldn't be hard. It's Bob, not going to happen. Bob, I'm begging you. I just wish they never invested in Avatar. It's just, oh God. Why? It made them two billion dollars. I don't like it. Yeah, but <laughs> their stockholders do. I don't care. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, that's the episode. Again, there wasn't this this whole like, oh, my God, thing happening. So is what it is. Uh, this isn't bad news. It's just news. So everyone you, calm the you, hell down. If you bring up Jedi Survivor and it being delayed and saying that's not bad news, I'm going to reach through the screen and kiss you. It's not bad news. Oh, jeez. Like, just, it's a month and a half. They yeah, but why? At least it's not a vaporware game that we still haven't seen gameplay footage of where they lost the licensing on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was, I don't even think they... I, that's oh a whole God. other podcast. Dude, holy shit. <laughs> oh, the game. Oh, the day before, dude. Why couldn't they just call it the day after tomorrow? It's not that. And it's not the like Hogwarts. Before. It's not like Hogwarts Legacy where they've, uh, um, you know, delayed it, what, two years now? That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That's a whole other podcast this. episode. That's two podcasts right there. Bing, bang, boom, done. So it's not like those. It's literally coming out. When was it? April 28th. Tim, yeah, but you, why, Kevin? Well, I'll read the letter. I, so so <laughs> I, I didn't read the letter. <laughs> For the last three years, the Jedi team here at Respawn has poured its collective heart and soul into Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And we are proud to say the next chapter in the tale of Cal Kestis uh, is content complete. We are now focused entirely on the final stage. Bug fixes to enhance right. performance stability polish and most importantly the player experience Good. jedi survivor is a direct response to the feedback from our community delivering expansive destinations to explore evolved combat and traversal and of course the continuation of cal and bd's story making this game has truly made us a better team and we have pushed ourselves at every level to make this the star wars sequel our fans expect from respawn and lucasfilm in order for the team to hit the respawn quality bar provide the team the time they need and achieve the level of polish our fans deserve. We've added six crucial weeks to our release schedule. Star Wars Jedi survivor will now launch globally on April 28th. Thanks to EA and respawn for giving us the time to deliver the best experience for our players and to all of you for understanding. May the force be with you Stig and the Star Wars Jedi team. Man, they're going to crunch that. It, so it sounds like to me that their beta testers got or their QA people got their hands on the game and it was rough. Yeah. That's my that's my thought. So it's good. I mean, like they don't want they don't want to have a first spoken. So that's fantastic. I'm really proud yeah. of them. No, I, I. Oh, boy, that's. Oh. Yeah, Kevin, we could do an entire podcast about just the shitty game situation in we got, we got three right episodes now. right now of a whole other show um yeah i mean I, i'm okay with this it doesn't bother me like it's again fine. i think you're right i think it's just 
probably some it's probably bug fixes that can be fixed in six weeks that the QA testers found that would have created so many problems for them on social media and things like that, mm -hmm. that it's just like, screw it. Let's just delay it six weeks, get the bugs, you know, yeah. ironed out and do that huge day one patch. It's no big deal. Yeah. From a, I will say from a content creation standpoint, it's a little frustrating because the releases that have come out lately have been rough other than dead space. Dead space was great. That remake is phenomenal. If you're looking for a fun game to play. And if you're, especially if you're a fan of the original dead space, play the remake. They did a great job. But uh, the the uh, the overall gaming community as a whole, I think, is very just unhappy with the state in which video games are in. So I think everyone was kind of like looking forward to Survivor coming out, especially with like just like all the hype around the story and whatnot. Like there's just there's so much. Um, so like after after getting like all of these like delays of like, hey, your game's not coming out until like November or hey, this game's not coming out till next year. And so so I think I think people just as a whole are just like tired of getting blindsided by uh, by delays. I'm ex but I'm happy that Respawn is able to take it upon themselves of like, hey, the game's not what y'all want or it's not in the spot where we feel like it is in its best place so we're going to take the time to to fix it hopefully they do it well and healthy and they take care of everyone and it's not going to be the ungodly like rock star crunch where people are like sleeping on the floors and and like they haven't seen their families in a month i think people forget about that when it comes to like the gaming industry and crunch so I here here's my here's my thought on that is because of what we've had in the past. Yeah. I feel like a company like Respawn won't do that because Respawn employees would probably be like, yeah, I mean, if there's one person the in game. the gaming industry that I would trust is Vince Impella. Like Vince is just like, he's a really like, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like he's a, he's a good guy. Um, so I think I I'm think okay if, with the delay. Yeah. I'm good with it. Like, I mean like a part of me, the streamer part of me is like, yeah, like, and but the Star Wars fan and the person who wants like a perfect game is like, okay, that's fine. Well, not yeah. I mean, now you you had your probably your schedule mapped out for March, and now you gotta gotta course correct and nothing coming out in March. That was the only game that I was excited about. Wild Hearts. See, that was the other thing that I was thinking about too. Is I wonder if they wanted to make sure that Wild Hearts had time to breathe and not have like a Titanfall Battlefield issue, whereas like one game gets trumped by the other. Um, this isn't like, and that's a smaller game. Um, yeah. it's one of those EA spotlight games. And so it seems like they're kind of like putting some, some dot marketing dollars behind that. Um, yeah. it's essentially monster hunter. It's, it's Monhun, but it's better looking. It looks like they've improved upon like the overall mechanics that you would expect in Monhun. And they've, they've really like polished it up. It looks really good. Um, but I think the release dates were were fairly close, so I wonder if that's why they they pushed some things back just to kind of give some, their games like it, one give them time to continue polishing their game and two allow other titles to breathe a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm. I agree. I agree. I have no problem with it. I don't think it's a big deal. I think I did see a few people, and I'm like, Are you going to get the collector's edition? No, because honestly, it wasn't much that I wanted in there. So the lightsaber is the same lightsaber they make for Disney that you can buy at the parks. 
It's not that one. You're that's not even a. It doesn't even turn on, Kevin. It's a. It's a metal. It's a metal mold. Broken. That's why. See. It's a metal mold. Yeah, but the one. But the one. Okay, so here's the thing. The collector's edition looks just like that, but it it's powered. But they don't sell the blade. You have to buy the blade separately. So why wouldn't I just go to Disney and get it then? That's what I'm saying. Like, it, but, and then so like you'd go and like, and it's not a great quality. Like it's it's Disney built lightsaber. So like it's all right. You could go online and you could get like an actual like like BFX NeoPixel Calcas's lightsaber for like five hundred bucks. I if I'm gonna do like those, which you know I'd love to start collecting them because I I don't want to collect the Disney ones anymore. They're cheap. That's um, what I'm saying. Uh, it's a, for Disney. It's the experience, and once you do it, you've done it, and that's great. I wanted to do it like three more times, and I've lost interest in it. So the uh, the NeoPixel ones are nice, but the fact that you can customize them. So I've seen people doing like crossover lightsabers, mm-hmm. and like I told you, I think I showed you the Lord of the Rings one that looks like the mm-hmm. Numenorian lightsaber. I was like, oh, I need that in my house to play with in my garage when no one's looking. Um, uh, Kevin's working out. And he I'm looks like, like the, the kid from the, the, the Star Wars, Star Wars meme oh, where he's using the broom. We've all did that in our in our in our parents' garage growing up. You all had a broom parents handle garage? and you were swinging it around. Parents' garage? You haven't no. done it recently? No. Well, no, because I have re- I have lightsabers here, so I can swing the lightsabers around. That's what I mean, but the same thing. Yeah, but I don't need a broom, broom handle anymore. Right. You have your own now. You're old. That's right. I've got I've got grown up money. I saw a thing yesterday. It said, uh, you know, the comedian Nate Bargatze. All right. So he's from Tennessee. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So he's uh, um, he's like, in your 20s, you're just you're just like you're down. It's like, what? I don't know where we're going, but I'm, I'm going with you. What's that? You want me to move? I'll, I will burn my fucking apartment down right now. If you want me to. I don't even care. <laughs> and then in your 30s, you're like, what? Where are we going? What time are we leaving? Uh, mm, I don't know. I'm going to drive separate because I just now and I'm. Danielle, it's cracking up when we were watching that. Yes, sounds right. I'm gonna drive separate. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, if I'm gonna do that, I think I would want to do like custom lightsabers rather than do um, replicas. Because even yeah. like you have Revens, don't you? The Black Series one. No, I've got the dark saber. You have dark saber. That's what you have. have. Saber, Is it solid? I've... Yeah, it's a real. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. It's Is it good... Disney solid or is it like solid solid? No, it's like I could probably kill somebody if I hit him with the hilt. <laughs> okay i like that yeah, so maybe the black series ones are a little bit more sturdy than the you know the i don't want to say the cheapo ones but the cheaper ones yeah you can you, what's what's cool is if you buy two calcastus lightsabers from disney you can actually take the broken parts off and then you can actually bind them together and as so you have oh. a, you have a, a double-bladed lightsaber which is cool you have a lightsaber staff um something like that's cool i like that I don't know. I'm just like I was like as I, I when it, when when it comes to collector's edition for video games, I'm always looking for like statues. I want stuff to put up on like the bookshelf, and so like I was really disappointed with like with this one because I was really hoping for like a statue of Kel or something. It was just like here's his lightsaber. It's like fuck, the same one that Disney makes. Oh well, but the box is cool. It comes in like a neat box and whatnot. So. I like statues. I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, big fan of the uh, sideshow like statues and stuff. Somebody I just saw online there was um, the Vader on the throne in um, what's the planet called? Vader's Mustafar? planet. 
Mustafar. It was Vader on Mustafar with the like sitting in his throne. like an Obi Wan. Yeah, and yeah, and there was like the, the, they had the window behind it, and there was like lava oh, feature. Oh, sick! I'll see if I can find it, and I'll send it to you. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyways. Um. So yeah, it's 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 whatever. It's no big deal. Everybody needs to calm down. Calm down. All right. Calm down. I'm gonna go make a post on Facebook about it. Yeah, you do that. Hey, before we go any further, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to uh, uh, pay some bills, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back! So they revealed uh, Celebration guests, uh, which, by the way, Tim and I are not making Celebration. we got too much going on with work, life, all that stuff. We really I- wanted to, but... Now, now the conversation has shifted from Tim and Kevin are going to go to London to Tim and Kevin are really hoping they announce Orlando for 2024. That would be chef. It's really kiss. funny if we said that we couldn't go to the Orlando Star Wars celebration. <laughs> Sorry, guys, it. we just can't make it to Orlando. It's, you know, driving an hour. It's just, you know, can't do it. Sorry. Um, so uh, they announced the guests. So Anthony Daniels. No shock there. Dude comes every year. Ashley Eckstein, no shock there. D. Bradley Baker, no shock there. Giancarlo is going to be there. Indria Varma, who played um, what's her face in uh, she was the double agent in Hunt in uh, Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Lantern, uh, Lanter, sorry, Vivian Lyre Blair, and more. There's also a deleted tweet from January 30th that says oh. Hayden Dennis. Lawson, Mads Mickelson, Katie Sackhoff, and James Arnold Taylor will be there as well. I feel nice. like Hayden is not not going to go anymore. Dude, I think he was blown away by his reception last year, so it'd be silly for him yeah. not to be there. Yeah, I don't think Hayden's not not going to go anymore. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm interested to, interested to see what they bring to the table. Like I said, I don't mind if you talk about Willow, but like, do not open the show with freaking Willow again this year. Like, please get a Star Wars to start. We know we're going to get an Indiana Jones trailer again. Please do not make that like your major focus at the beginning. Could um, you imagine they open it up with Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones? And he's, I'm not here because of Han Solo. I hate you, Star Wars nerds. Yeah, fucking Indiana Jones this time. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, again, we've talked about kind of what, what we're expecting. We know that they'll probably announce Willow Season 2. We know they'll announce Indiana Jones. But we're more concerned with Star Wars. So it's fine that you talk about that stuff. I get it, Lucas. But please, for the love of God, give us Star Wars stuff to start, finish, and like give us give us some substance. Last year was a bit, was a bit weak. Rough. Rough. Yeah. So celebration announcements. Uh, we'll be talking about them because they'll probably start uh, dropping more stuff. As, uh, when is celebration again? April something mid-april i believe mid-april yeah 
Wait. Right before Jedi Fallen Order. Why are you making that face? Because do you think like this was a part of a whole marketing thing? April like 10th. now that I'm thinking about it, like April 7th to 10th. Yeah, motherfucker. Of course, they, Kevin. Oh, they 100% decided to push this back so they could show stuff off at Celebration. Oh, probably do a gameplay walkthrough. This is or something. why. Yeah, dude. There's no way in hell this isn't a marketing ploy. This is. It has to be. They showed off. They showed off Fallen Order for the first time at Orlando. We had the we had the the uh, the Sith troopers and all that stuff that were up there. The 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 Inquisitor troopers. Those were cool. Mm-hmm. The Death Troop. Death Death Troop. They no, weren't. They weren't no, they weren't Death Troopers. They were something else. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, so like they showed up on screen. That was sick. No, it wasn't. It wasn't in Orlando. Where was it? Was it London? LA? Anaheim. It was. It, yeah, I wasn't there for that one. I was there for Battlefront, which was pretty cool too. Um, but yeah, so Fallen Order, they showed it off at Celebration. They did like the full walkthrough. They had they had the actor who does well, I forget his name who who's Cal Kestis was on was on stage and doing like why wouldn't they? They did this big. They did they had the big thing, the big the the tank, the back to tank, and all that stuff at at the Game Awards show. Why wouldn't they just like up it? Well, just just give us a little bit more before the game comes out. Purge Troopers, there we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess maybe that 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 played into the decision as well. If so. if celebrations at the beginning of the month, and you know you're going to have a much wider audience that are wa- that are watching all this stuff, especially when they're coming for like the gaming panel, like why wouldn't you put it in the Lucas Gaming Showcase? They've got, got all it. these other Star Wars games to talk about and show off. Yeah, we'll I'm, see. I'm going with this as a marketing bit. Well, on the on the note of the games, Ubisoft hires Battlefront 2 creative director for their open world Star Wars games. Interesting. What's weird is I don't ever remember this guy. And I was in both Battlefront team. I, I was one of the influencers for both Battlefronts. And I never met this guy. Ubisoft Massive has enlisted the help of creative director Tim's best friend, Burn, Burned Deemer, whose credits include Crisis... Horizon Zero Dawn, Battlefield Five, and the upcoming Dead Island Two. Did you see that meme I sent you about Crisis with the guy who had the burn marks on his? Hey, burned his nuts because he was trying to run Crisis laptop on his laptop and his nuts, and mm-hmm. they were like, "What happened to you, sunburn?" He's like, "No, I tried to run Crisis on my laptop." Um, uh, Deemer has specifically been tasked with helping with social interactions for the upcoming Star Wars title and future games that Ubisoft will develop. Quote, I am honored to join Ubisoft and gain the opportunity to collaborate with talented global teams to shape the future of social experience in Ubisoft's games. They're known to be catalysts for dynamic and diverse communities, enabled by innovative features and powerful brands that allow players to come together. I'm excited to partner with the group's teams around the world to bring social experience in our games to new heights. Deemer's new position seems to support speculation that the Star Wars game will utilize a game as a service model, which had previously been indicated by reports earlier this month. It's going to be a live service MMO. That doesn't work anymore. It's going to be great. I mean, like, again, if you do it, 
And this is what we said before this game was even announced. Do you remember talking about that? I said, and you agreed with me, if they do it like Red Dead Redemption GTA style, mm-hmm. that could work. Kevin, all it needs to be is literally Star Citizen, but with Star Wars. Like, that's literally all you have to do. I have not played a lick of Star Citizen, but I've probably watched you play 30 or 40 hours, and I agree with you. Like, could you imagine just getting in your cockpit of your favorite ship and just blasting out of a space station and just flying off, or you're out of a spaceport or whatever, and then you have the freedom to fly around wherever you want, and like, and you you get to make your own path. You want to be a bounty hunter? Fucking sick. Have fun. You want to go? You want to go run cargo from from Tatooine to Coruscant? Go for it. You know, like that. Like that's where I would see this game going if it's going to be like this open world side game. Because it can't be Star Wars: The Old Republic, right? Because like that's already a live service game that's doing its own thing. So, like, if you want to go play a WoW-style Star Wars game, you go play that. So, I don't think Ubisoft would make another game like that. But at the same time, what is Ubisoft known for? Third-person adventure games. And so, like, in my head, you are going to end up getting, like, a Knights of the Old Republic-style game. So, I don't know. But, like, knowing the people, like, knowing the people that are on that team... I'm I'm curious to see like where it goes because like those guys are like there's like a decent amount of people from Dice that worked on Battlefront that are now over there, um, and so like in my head it is going to be more like along the lines of like a first person shooter slash exploration game. Like I really I think I really think it's going to be Star Citizen. I think it'll be third person like Division. Third person would make sense because it allows you to show off all of your cosmetics. Yep. And Battlefront had a great third-person shooter mechanic. Like the guys that worked on that was really—they were really, really good. Like they had the whole like being able to swap shoulders. They had a great um, way of showcasing your UI as far as like you know, it, are you going to aim and hit a wall? Are you actually going to aim and hit the target? They—they um, they did a lot of like just small little things that made the third-person shooter aspect of Battlefront really fun and engaging. So I'm curious to see if they continue that piece. But Ubisoft is very much, and especially massive, like this is the guys who made the division. Um, that's what they're good at. But I wonder if it's going to be more of this RPG element where you're building builds. You know, are, are you going to try to min-max everything, or is it going to be more of more of a traditional shooter? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Knowing that all the Battlefront people are on it, it makes me think no. <laughs> I hope it's not an RPG. I really don't want a division. I don't want a Star Wars division. Like, I don't want a min-max build because that's where I get lost. Like, if it's like a Destiny Star Wars game and it's all about min-maxing builds and whatnot, like, I will get... I will. So then if, if you don't min-max builds, what's the, what's the carrot on the stick to keep playing if it's a game of service? The different, well, I mean, it's like the different elements, uh, like the different paths that you can pick. Like, you want to go be a bounty hunter, then you go run bounties, and you're hunting. That people. means then the the content needs to be robust enough for me to turn it, it on every right, day. Right, exactly. Like, and that's the thing. Like, like with Star Citizen, is like if you want to, like, if you want to run cargo, or if you want to go mining, if you want to go bounty hunting, you can do all that. And so there's different paths that you can take. That's the stuff that I want. And you're right; it does need like those those gameplay loops. They need to keep you engaged and interested. So it's not just like grab bounty, kill thing, go back, grab bounty, kill thing. That becomes boring. 
you know, but like if the person that you're hunting has a backstory behind, I mean, like they said that this game is going to have a very robust single player portion to it as well. You know, so like, is this, is the campaign going to be interwoven through the actual like open world element? Is it going to be like Sea of Thieves? Where Sea of Thieves is like you're doing single player stuff in the open world and you could be attacked by people while you're trying to finish a single player story. I think that would be cool. That would be awesome because you can engage and disengage the single player at any point. Or is it going to be like Outriders where there's a hub and you take people to, you know, your location? I don't know. And things like that. Or Destiny is the same way too. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, we'll I have a feeling we're going to get a, a pretty big download on this game at Celebration. So. I would hope so. I mean, like, the, the, the gaming showcase for Lucas last year was pretty lackluster, so. I agree. Yeah, and Coder we haven't heard shit about, so that's the Which other Which is terrifying. Um, Kotar, yeah. we've got the Bounty Hunter Switch game that never showed up. We have <laughs> Eclipse. We have Eclipse that we know nothing about as like the well, state Eclipse of the game. Well, Eclipse will come out when I'm in my 50s, so I'm not well, really. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Is like it got pushed to 2028, but like, is it really going to be 2028? Is that a placeholder? Why are we announcing games that are coming out in 2028? Why? It wasn't supposed to be in 2028. It was originally supposed to be in like 2024, and then and then all that shit broke with um uh, uh what's their uh quantic dream quantic dream i was like i was like detroit becomes human uh quantic dream all that shit happened with with quantic dream so they had to push it back but like you know kotar this is the same way where they get they had they move studios so it's just like i would love an update i would love an update on games we shall see what the hell is that bounty hunter game called we always forget bounty hunter i don't know bounty hunter switch game it's supposed to be like overwatch it was supposed to be overwatch on the switch I know it keeps coming up as the old bounty hunter game when I oh. Star Wars Switch game. Oh man, that game was fun. I remember that game. Do you remember the Mortal Kombat Hunters. Star Wars game? It's called The Hunters. On PlayStation? It's releasing in 2023. The Mortal Kombat Star Wars game? Oh, yeah, it was um, a, it was a fight it was an it was a fighting game, but it was Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasai or something like that. Something like that, yeah. We talked about that. In I had old, the de- old, old, I had the demo episode. disc for that game, and that was the only yeah, you could way only that be I could, two fighters. Right? You could be Jet. You could be uh, Return of the Jedi Luke, or um, is it Han Solo or Leia? But it was like it was like two or three characters that you could pick from, and like that was that was like my Star Wars game for a while. Like that was my pick up a lightsaber, be a Jedi fantasy game. Uh, I'll never forget that. I feel like I had that disc too. Now that you said the way you said that, it was big too. Do you remember the, the old PlayStation boxes? They were like, oh, massive. I remember. They looked like an actual book, or the PC Gamer magazine ones that you know, like your friend would be like, "I got the game here. You can have this." Mm-hmm. Um, Those were great. Uh, yeah, memories. demo discs, man. Demo discs. Because I, I had, you put, just have like a catalog. Like, which demo you want to play? Yeah, and then it was, and then it was, de- download a demo, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. It's only like two gigs. Take me an hour and I'll come back. Now it's play a beta. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> I love pay beta testing. Beta. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love beta testing. It was like back in my day, we all you do is buy a comic book or a magazine. Pay to play the beta for three years. Yeah. <laughs> I love Fortnite. <laughs> that was always my big hang up with Fortnite. I, people would be like, when it was nominated for game of the year, I was like, it's still. <laughs> uh huh. 
Yeah. All right, we're getting out of here. Before we go, uh, so if you've read the High Republic books, phase one, you remember Porter Angle. Porter Angle is an old, old man by the time we meet him, but he everyone talks about he's like one of the best lightsaber swordsmen of all time and the Jedi Order and all this stuff. Porter is getting his own comic book called The Blades. Nice. Uh, Blade number two. So Charles Soule, we love Charles Soule, launches back into the legendary Porter Angle's backstory with uh, the Blade number two. The first did a perfect job setting. So there, yeah, there is one before this is the second one. First did a perfect job setting the stage with a perfect mix of displaying Angle's mastery of the lightsaber. We are treated to another short flashback similar to what we got in the first one. It was brief, but also my favorite part of the comic. Uh, taking place at the Jedi Temple 17 years prior, Porter and Barash are Padawans. He talks about Barash in the books. Um, they are about to be separated by the Jedi Masters because they're growing attachment to each other. Uh, this is Charles Soule talking, by the way. I fully expected Porter to be upset at this and want to scheme a way around the issue, but it was Barash who came up with the genius plot. So, um, yeah, and, and Paul put a note in here. It seems like they're placing more emphasis on the fact that these are Jedi that live outside the strict code and seem to be the ones we enjoy the most. Yeah, I mean, every Jedi that doesn't follow the Jedi Order code to the T seems to be the ones that we're most drawn to. You know, we love Qui-Gon. We love Obi-Wan. Um, if you've played Coder, uh, you've heard me talk about Jolie Bindo a thousand times. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, the Jedi that are Tim, Tim loves the Wayfinders from the High Republic. So it's always the Jedi that kind of buck the rules um, because they know that the rules are way too strict and, and you know, probably cause more harm than good. Um, that we fall in love with. So I think they end up. I think they end up like huffing some spice at some point, and I'm just like, oh, I get it now. Okay, like a force ayahuasca journey. Yeah, like they, they, yeah, they went on a little spiritual journey. They had some spice. You know, it's kind of like Dune, right? Where they just like, you know, they inhale the spice, they get a little high, and they're like, I see everything now. It's the same idea. Like it's spice is. I mean, it's essentially the same shit. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, the people who are, like, quote-unquote, like, woke Jedi who are just, like, they're, like, I'm going to go way fine. I think they got high on spice. Hopefully not death sticks. I really, I really, but I'm just, I want to go, I want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't think Disney's ever going to go far down that rabbit hole, Tim. It'd be really interesting, though, just, like, some pothead Jedis that are just, like, ah. Spice God, I love spice. <laughs> I love spice. Also, I don't think spice is like weed. I feel like no, spice like is meth. more like, it's like heroin. It's like, it's like cocaine. <laughs> so I think, it's like I think really it's, hardcore. Maybe it's like watered down spice. Well, they don't have like they don't ever talk about any other drug but spice. But spice can be refined. It's all about like how it's refined because it could also be explosive. Yes, just like Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spice so is it's fuel like, in Dune. It as all well comes as, down to like how they like refine it. Yeah, so maybe spice is like the main. Ingredient. Maybe it's like Bacta. Maybe they're maybe they're smoking Bacta instead. I don't know. If you Bacta bongs. Bacta. <laughs> Hit that Bacta bong real good. <laughs> <laughs> Feel fantastic. <laughs> Look, thank you for hanging out with me and Tim for uh, 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 Star Wars and Scotch episode one seventeen. Such a weird episode. All about the space drugs. Um, <laughs> You can check out Tim, Darkness429. Hey, by the time you hear this, you'll have missed it, but go wish him a happy anniversary over at oh, fb.gg slash darkness429 and darkness429 everywhere else on the internet. I, if you want to yell at me, it's Kevin X Vision on Twitter, KMagic101 on Instagram, raredrop.co is everything else we do, and we are Star Wars and Scotch everywhere on the internet. Star Wars 
Scotch on Twitter, Star Wars and Scotch everywhere else. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. Our numbers have been steadily growing with no Star Wars show on right now. Oh, Bad Batch, but that's not. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.